Let's take a little time and talk now about the state that we are living in. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Favor. Pastor Jonathan Mason, welcome into the pastor's office. I want to start out by apologizing for the technical uh, sound of the show today. I'm actually not in the studio. I had to travel out of town to Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, uh, for the funeral of one of our church members' sisters. And what a wonderful, homegoing celebration uh, that it was. Uh, But I did not want to run a replay this week. We had to do a show this week because this week was historic for the city of Philadelphia. Uh, We've been talking to you for the last several months uh, about the primary election, which I personally believe is the most important primary election that has taken place in the history of our city thus far. And on Tuesday, the results came in. And for the position of mayor uh, in the Democratic primary, Sherelle Parker won a resounding victory. Uh, And on the Republican side, uh, David O. ran uncontested. Now, Sherelle Parker stands to be the first female mayor of Philadelphia, not just the first female mayor of Philadelphia, but the first black female mayor of the city of Philadelphia. Uh, And I got to tell you, personally, I'm excited uh, because I do believe that great positive change uh, is going to be coming to the city of Philadelphia. Now, there were also judges elected on Tuesday uh, or or that made it through the primaries on Tuesday. Uh, There was a public safety measure uh, that was voted on on Tuesday uh, that is going to put a public safety officer uh, in place in Philadelphia. The police commissioner, the fire commissioner, will now report directly to this individual. I'm okay with the, with the, with the decision of the city. My problem is that part of the criteria uh, is that this new public safety officer has to have law enforcement experience. And I kind of believe that we need to have some people uh, with fresh eyes uh, looking at the situation in Philadelphia and offering some new ideas, some new I- some new concepts, and to be able to work in collaboration uh, with the uh, police commissioner uh, and the other officials to really bring about a change in this surge of violence that's going on in our city. Uh, but also there were city council elections. And over the last several months, you've had the opportunity to hear from about 22 to 23 uh, candidates that were running for city council. 
And one of them that we did an in-depth interview with uh, was Brother Donovan West. Uh, we actually dedicated a whole show uh, to hearing about his platform, his vision, and his plans uh, for the city of Philadelphia. He's actually in the studio with us this afternoon. Uh, and I'm proud and happy to welcome him back into the pastor's office. Donovan West, welcome back to the pastor's office, sir. Hey, Pastor Mason, it is a it is a delight to be here and to uh, to circle back with you. What a great interview it was that we had, and I'm always happy to to uh, receive an invitation to come back. Well, listen, man, again, we're excited to have you. I know things didn't necessarily go the way that you wanted them to go uh, in this election. Let's just start there. Let's get your feedback on your run for a city council member at large. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for what we were able to do. I'm excited for the people that heard me, that did the homework, and that voted. Um, my team and I, you know, what we were able to do in such a short period of time, phenomenal. Um, and there's not one thing that I would do different. It, you know, it, it's it's one thing, you know, when you, you look and you say, you know, man, I've lost. But the the truth is, it's, it's a little different. You know, in this case, I, I just didn't win. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we really are um, excited about what we were able to do and the sentiments from, uh, you know, from all the people that are in that space, uh, my peers and others alike that were, you know, giving feedback. Um, I, I'm really excited about what we were able to do. And, you know, I, I have to also, of course, you know, celebrate those that are in office, right? You know, Kathy Gilmore Richardson, Isaiah Thomas, Anita Maud, uh, Jim Harrity, uh, Rue Landau. Absolutely. And I was incredibly excited uh, to see the support that Isaiah Thomas and Catherine Gilmore Richardson specifically received. Uh, it was quite impressive. But before we go into talking about your thoughts on the results of the elections and its impact on Philly, what's next for Donovan West? That's a great question. You know, we're, we're just a couple of days since that historic election. And, you know, I got to just pause for a second. You know, as I mentioned to you before, it's about making sure that, you know, if of, of all the things that I pray for, I pray for discernment. And um, and that's what I'm doing right now. I just pause, reflect, do some introspection, and uh, and and hopefully, you know, as I'm looking at different opportunities, I pray for discernment so that I can make sure that the next step is the right step. And uh, in doing so, also make sure that I um, take every opportunity during the same season to uh, celebrate my team as well as uh, con- you know um, share my appreciation to those that supported me in this journey. Now, one thing I was not happy about uh, was the voter turnout. Yeah. Now, for an election as critical as this one was, last I checked, the candidate that won the Democratic mayoral primary, Sherelle Parker, Uh won with less than 75,000 votes. Yeah. Why was the turnout so soft? Well, you know, this is the thing that's, you know— there is no reason. There's no reason besides the fact that our, you know, our people, and, I, and when I say our people, I'm not even talking about just black and brown. I'm talking about all people, the people of Philadelphia. You know, when you, we're we're talking about a turnout of around 23 percent. That's pathetic. You know, that means that 75 percent of those that can did not. 
And um, and there's no excuse for that. I mean, I do understand there's there's attitudes and feelings about, you know, not necessarily feeling like you're represented and, and there's here's what happens after we vote, blah, blah, blah. But doing something about it, you know, actually demonstrating your voice, whether it be, you know, you go to the polls and you write in into that ballot, right? You This is who I would like to be um, in office. I mean, again, it's a voice, right? And at the end of the day, people demonstrating the voice, demonstrating their dissatisfaction with who the candidates are. That's a voice, right? That's an opinion. That's participation. There is no excuse, in my humble opinion, uh, you know, when it comes to participation. Yeah, it, it was it was bad, man. But but let, let let's celebrate some of the positives. Uh, yeah. It looks as if there's no incredible sea change. That the next mayor of Philadelphia is going to be a black female, a well qualified black female in Sherelle Parker. Talk Amen. to us about your thoughts there. I think she's phenomenal. You know, one of the things that I enjoy most about uh, Mayor Elect is uh, the intergovernmental relationships and experience that she has. We need that. We need to leverage those relationships in order to get some of that surplus money from the state back here to the city. What I also acknowledge about uh, Marilette Parker is the fact that her energy is infectious. You know, I had the opportunity of joining her on a motorcade, and we hit certain neighborhoods. Um, you know, we, we hit the mall. We hit supermarkets. And when I tell you she's a track star, she is a track star. I mean, we were out. Her energy and her her desire to connect with the people is phenomenal. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I really am excited because I think that people who may not have had a voice over the last several years will have a voice because of her shared experience with them. Uh, and and I really feel like that can only help uh, to to change the trajectory of some of the neighborhoods here in the city of Philadelphia. I agree wholeheartedly. And and the idea that you can see a piece of yourself in the mayor, right? Um, you right. know, how she is very open and un- unapologetic about her background and, and the struggles uh, and how she also is, is quick to demonstrate um, real life experiences in terms of how her model has, um, you know, yielded results. And I'm excited. I can't wait to see what's next. Listen, I, one thing that's funny to me, Donovan is the fact that um, you know I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people personally uh, before this election, and, and everybody was non-committal. Uh, but now everybody supported Sherelle Park. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 you know, I've been teasing a lot of people as well, and and when I say, hey, I was, I was riding in a motorcade, so I don't know, I didn't see you. <laughs> I, I, hold on, were, were you in it? No, you wasn't in that. No, you wasn't in the SUV in front of me. No, that wasn't you. Were you in the? That's no, right. you wasn't in the Rav Four either. So, yeah, nah. Like so, when people are like, oh man, da da da, I'm like, nah. You know, so for for me, I I can probably say, nah, I was in that motorcade. I you know, I did a bunch of content in terms of putting stuff on social media, and um, and also, um, you know, just reaching out and and keeping her. Uh, you know, in, in, in my prayers, you know, because right. whether or not she was going to win, you know, the road that she was traveling is one that is, you know, it, it's not paved. Uh, she's That's a pioneer. Right. And, um, you know, above everything else, she she's a woman. She's a black woman. She's a, a black woman who's a mother, um, you know, and she's in politics. And those things, um, they intersect in a way that is not healthy for most. And so, you know, we have to keep, um, especially our women in prayer when it comes to, 
you know, them stepping into new spaces. And, um, and, and politics is a cruel game, man. It's a cruel game. You're listening to Philly Saber 100.7 FM. We're here talking to Donovan West. He was a candidate for city council at large. Uh, we had an in-depth interview with him a few weeks ago about his candidacy. Uh, as he shared, he didn't lose. He just did not win. Uh, but we're thankful that he came in the studio today to talk to us about the results of the election. Let's pivot towards the city council now. Uh, we've got some new city council members at large uh, that have uh, that are going to be assuming seats. Uh, we've got, you know what? Some would say we've probably got a city council now that uh, there's not a lot of uh, long-term uh, council members. Uh, there. We got a lot of new energy, a lot of new blood. How do you think that's going to impact the council going forward? Well, you know, that's one of the things that I, that I that attracted me to the idea of joining city council. The fact that, you know, 12 out of 17 of those individuals will be either sophomore or freshman legislators. Um, and, I, it, you know, it really comes down to a couple of things. For me, one, it comes down to, you know, who the leaders are going to be that are going to emerge out of this process, right? And then number two, you know, how well they are going to focus as a body versus focusing on, you know, their brand. And um, and, and that's the thing that's going to be more telling in terms of how much is actually achieved. So I'm, I'm excited to, to see what's happening and to participate in any way, shape, or form that I can. But um, I think those are the two things that, that stick out to me in terms of you know, just the the leaders that are going to emerge, and of course, obviously, we're going to look at those who have been there historically, but also those that are that that are stepping into the space that may have some ideas, may have some, um, you know, some some ways that they may want to approach these problems that may not be typical, traditional. Um, and then the second part is, you know, as you know, some are building their brand, and and doing so may not necessarily um, focus on the teamwork approach to it. And so, uh, my hope is that that's not the case for the majority. Um, but that um, the majority are actually thinking about how can they move as a body and, and use this as an opportunity to do some things different. You are you uh, have your ear to the ground. I mean, you were running to be on the council. Uh, who do you think will emerge as the new president? That's a great question. You know, we have a couple of that that are I think will stick out. Right, you got obviously Curtis Jones. You have uh, Kenyatta. Uh, you may even have um, Sidney Bass. Um, they may they may you know go for the role who and who ends up in that role um that's that's really the relationships with those that are new as well as those that are old there so i couldn't tell you who's going to actually emerge it's really how many has what kind of relationships and what promises are made and there's a lot of dealing that goes on um and uh, i would not put any money um in this on this particular uh question i would not bet got it you know what? Uh, two more things I want to talk to you about, and then we'll move forward. We know that the well, you know what? Let me ask your opinion on, on on something I talked about in my intro. Uh, this new position that will emerge, uh, public safety director. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think that that's going to have a positive impact on this surge in crime and violence that's going on in our city? No, I I don't. Um, I I don't think so. I, I mean, the only caveat to that would be who that individual is. And you know how well they are tuned into and, and respected by the the various departments that are going to be reporting to that person. So, um, you know, I think it's something that could have been actually uh, reengineered and absorbed by you know another person 
um, that's currently in the administration. But um, I, I don't I don't see it really having the kind of impact that uh, you know it was touted to have because you know we need something that's real time, that's relevant, you know, that's relational, and um, and I think that you know that doesn't come in creating a new position uh, unless you actually have an individual that really embodies that in terms of having those relationships, the respect to be able to move it forward. But uh, yeah, I'm a bit skeptical to be honest. Yeah. Well, I personally, as I shared earlier, just believe that if you're going to create a position like that, you have to put somebody in that position that has fresh eyes. Yeah. Uh, I think to bring somebody in from the system or who has experience in the system uh, is just going to promote a continuation of the current system. Yeah. Uh, and and I really think we need new ideas in order to change the game. So I, I'm kind of sitting where you're sitting, but I'm praying for the best of course, with new leadership coming in. Uh, let's, let's look forward. Philadelphia now will, with a 7-1 to one edge, Democrat to Republican, uh, we pretty much know who's going to be in the seats come November uh, and sworn in in January. Um, what's this, what does Philadelphia look like a year from now, in your opinion? I think Philadelphia, um, you know, I'm going to be optimistic, and I'm going to pray as well, Pastor. You know, I think Philadelphia is going to put itself in a position where it can get ready for the international events that will take place here. Um, it will, you know, it will finally get its arm around the crime and, and do some things that are going to be aggressive. Um, unfortunately, you know, but fortunately, it's kind of like uh, you, you ever uh, have a messy place and then you have company, you know, you expect a company. What do you do? You clean up. You clean up, man. Right. And I think that because we're about to have a lot of company, uh, we're going to clean up. And, um, you know, whether or not that cleanup is sustainable, right, um, that's the question. But nonetheless, I see it being cleaner. Donovan West, man, listen, thank yes, you sir. Uh, for joining us here in the pastor's office uh, for this uh, post-election conversation. Uh, pray God's best for you uh, as you look you. towards your next move. And listen, man, don't you dare quit. Don't you dare give up. You Never. had ideas. You had visions. You had plans. Uh, it just was not for today in that position. But God's got something great for you. So pursue it, man, with Amen. all your might and with all your gifts and talents. Hey, you know, like God says himself, you know, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, right? Well, yes, that, sir. That, those are the similar marching instructions that I have. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, man, thank you for joining us today, and we'll be right back after these commercial messages. Hey, Philly Favorite listeners, welcome back to the pastor's office. I want to thank Donovan West for joining us in our first segment to talk about the historic primary elections that took place on Tuesday here in the city of Philadelphia. I also want to again apologize uh, if we don't sound as crisp as we normally do. I'm not in the studio today. I had to travel out of town uh, for a funeral for one of the sisters of our church members. Uh, so I'm actually doing this remotely. Uh, but we wanted to press forward because we never like to miss a show. We like to be with you each and every week. So, again, please accept our apologies. We certainly will be back in studio uh, next week. But listen, let's take a turn today. I often like to share with you different activities that you can get involved in. 
uh, in the city of Philadelphia, places you can go that you may not even know existed. You may not know where they are. I want to always bring that to you because it's important for us to have a vast array of experiences uh, that we can enjoy and that we can learn from. So today uh, we want to talk about the Fox Chase Farm. Uh, And I have their administrator on the line with us, Dr. Mandy Manna. Dr. Manna, welcome into the pastor's office for the very first time. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be able to talk to you and to all your listeners. So I got a fun fact I have to share with you before we get started. Uh, I know about Fox Chase Farm because I actually reached out to Fox Chase Farm because I was in a bind. Uh, I had prepared a sermon for Palm Sunday, uh, and I felt like a, a great addition to that sermon would have been to have a donkey. To, to be in worship so that I could go through all of the elements that I was preaching on, and I was calling everybody. And one of the places I called was Fox Chase Farm uh, to see if I could get a donkey. But nobody could help me. I mean, it was about six or seven places I called. But the sermon still came off well, Doctor. So, so maybe next year I'll give you more of an advance notice so we can make it work. Maybe, maybe, because we, we are trying to work with that. We have two donkeys, and much like, you know, what we, many people know about donkeys, they're a little stubborn. So we have students working with some of our volunteers and our farmer to actually help get them to be a little more cooperative, so maybe they can actually join you in your church service one day. Well, you know, you know, the funny part is I, I reached one place, and they said, oh, our donkey retired this year. I said, <laughs> Okay. So, um, I, I said, you can't wake him up for one more appearance. No, it's all right. But, but listen, listen, here's what blew my mind, though. Here's what blew my mind. I didn't realize that there was a 112-acre farm in northeast Philadelphia. Can you please tell us a little bit about Fox Chase Farm? Sure, absolutely. And, you know, you're you're not alone. Uh, many people are in that same situation until they come and they visit the farm and and they really, they leave with a whole different, um, really, like, life experience. So the Fox Chase Farm, as you said, is 112 acres. The farm is run by the School District of Philadelphia. And we are, we're open with our students. We have students visiting the farm 12 months out of the year. So we really never close down from engaging our students um, with the farm and all the different aspects of the farm. So um, with that said, in being open 12 months out of the year, we will actually bring through about 30,000 students through the school year. Um, but that's only a fraction of, of our students, so we certainly hope to, um, to increase that number. But the farm is a working farm. The idea is to be demonstration, as, um, as you had mentioned. It's really a wide range of animals. We have the donkeys. There's ducks and chickens and sheep and you name it. We, we have it for the, the basic farm animals. But one thing that you will be seeing change over the next year, little by little, we've been adding on to our farm population with uh, really taking our animals and also the plants that we grow. We have been having them be more representative of our students. So the School District of Philadelphia has about 172 languages that are spoken in or across the district. 
And what we have been doing over this past year, and we're going to continue over the next few years, is make sure that our animals are representative of all of our students from around the world. So you will begin to see our animals changing. You'll see our gardens changing. We have students installing tea gardens to be representative of China and India. We try to really emphasize the importance of understanding what agriculture looks like around the world and also the technologies that are being used in modern farming today. So it's, it's very exciting. It's very, um, and, I, and I will say it's life-changing. Even for myself who comes from an ag background, it is very exciting to, to see everyone engaged. Well, I'm, I'm excited, and I actually want to bring, uh, we have a lot of young people at our church, and I want to bring a, a group of our young people to the farm. My church is actually in northeast Philadelphia. And I would dare say that many of the people uh, that I minister to uh, are unaware of the fact that there's a 112-acre farm not more than 15 minutes away from us. Uh, so I absolutely want to bring our young people up to the farm, and I'll certainly be reaching out to you. But now talk to us about how the farm sustains itself. I know you said it's a working farm, but do you do you? I know you're a 501c3 as well. So is it donations that? Uh, continue to keep the farm going, or do you sell your produce and products? Uh, talk to us about that. Sure. So the farm is operated by the school district of Philadelphia, so our funding comes through the, the school district. Okay. And the the funds that are you know that are being used are to support all of our students and their engagement. So let's say, for example, you bring your uh, your youth to us, and you wanted to participate in a lesson where you want to learn about some different birds that are maybe found here locally, like a bluebird. Um, we have a lesson designed that your students could actually build a bluebird house. And with that, we, we talk about everything from, you know, the bluebirds themselves and the environment to the careers that are available right down to construction because kids love to build. So, um, so all of our supplies are, are elements that we um, purchase through the School District of Philadelphia. Now, I also hear that the farm has a student farm store. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, absolutely. So a lot of our students that are coming into the farm, five days a week we have students that are actually working on developing products that are from the farm as well as uh, working on the business side to run the farm store. So the farm does have um, this store that will have some items such as goat milk soap that is made at the farm. And then we also have, from our summer uh, harvest of all of the tomatoes, we will process into salsa and other um just tomato-based items, and then those items will then be, they're jarred, and then we sell them through the farm store as well, as well as our fresh eggs. So we have about 250 chickens on the farm, and uh, fun fact about chickens, a laying hen, one hen lays one egg every single day, so I will say 250 eggs, they add up kind of quickly. The majority of our eggs, though, though we do sell some through the farm store, the majority of all of our eggs actually go into our culinary programs across the school district to support our student programs. Now, what other activities can the students participate in when they visit Fox Chase Farm? Sure. So um, there's actually about 13 different ways as a student you can engage at the farm. So... 
some of the most popular ways, like the, the larger numbers that are being brought in. So let's say, for example, um, you're a teacher and you want to do a field trip, kind of like going to the zoo, but you come to the farm. So that might be like a one-and-done trip to the farm. So you're coming out, you would receive a lesson, and then we have high school students from surrounding high schools that come in, and they act as tour guides, and they will tour those students around the farm and engage them in uh, a variety of different hands-on experiential learning-type stations. So uh, while students are on their tour around the farm, they might get to the bee area, and they will learn about bees and beeswax that's made, and then the students get to make by hand and take home with them a beeswax candle. So we try to set up about 30 different stations around the farm that allows the students to truly engage in agriculture and all the different facets of it. So field trips is one opportunity. Another opportunity is called Ag Empowerment, and this would be where we have uh, about 70 teachers that are trained to teach agriculture and environmental science in their classroom. It's really already a part of our curriculum. It's just a matter of being able to link it to that hands-on experience and using the, the words agriculture. Instead of just plant science, we're talking about horticulture and the career opportunities. So those teachers, we have busing through the school district. We will uh, pick up students every day, and they are brought with their teachers. The teachers just use the farm as their extension of their classroom. So it's kind of like having a very large living laboratory to use. So that's um, another very just impactful way that students can engage. Then we also have uh, a fair amount of special ed and what we call itinerant students who are assigned to the farm, and they will come out, and they will actually uh, develop their work skills at the farm. And some students, they might be drilling holes for those birdhouses um, that students might be using later on in a lesson. Or maybe students are, like right now, a, a large emphasis is it's springtime, so we're planting. So we're planting about 1,200 tomato plants. So our students are out there engaging in that. Um, that aspect of production. And there's a variety of other ways in which we have students coming in. We have a senior year only program. Students from around the city, I'm sure you've met youth who have been super excited about whether it's animal science or maybe it's horticulture or, or even environmental science, and they want to have more of an understanding. But in the city of Philadelphia, students have to choose very early to get into some of those specialized programs. So imagine you make it all the way to your junior year and you're thinking, wow, I really wish I would have had an opportunity. So we actually are able to engage those students. So we open uh, the opportunity up to all of our juniors about to be seniors. And we it's called the Senior Year Only Program or SIOP. And they are able to select one of the programs. It's, we have urban ag. We have landscape design. There's an animal science program. And all of these programs are designed to connect the students to really the, the hands-on piece, but we create pathways for them. So if a student is super interested in, in going to college, we will help create that pathway, expose them to different ways that they can uh, possibly be engaged in a career. We bring in professionals uh, from around the, um, the tri-state area to meet with the students. We will the students will travel a lot of times to different businesses. 
Um, and then for students who don't want to be on the, the college pathway and they want to go into the career, we work really hard to get them into an internship by spring. And if we can't get them into an internship at an actual business, we will create an internship where they'll, they'll be doing that on the farm. So there's many different ways in which students can engage at the farm. Um, coming up right now, one of our big pieces, really, and it's so helpful for us because we are a working farm, is where over the summer we employ students. So we have 35 students that are coming in to work at the farm. Some students are going to be doing electrical workforce. Some are doing carpentry. Uh, some are doing that business part where they're going to be taking on the farm store and expanding the product lines. So we have all these different facets in which we're able to engage students. And they're from around the whole entire city. So it's not just in our, our localized area. We have some students coming from all over the city. And it's so exciting because you just you see how empowered they become when they become engaged with the hands-on experiences. So it really is, um, it's, it's so exciting to see. I can't wait for you to come and, and just see the students' eyes, your youth's eyes just light up when they engage at the farm. You're listening to Philly's Favor 100.7 FM. You're in the pastor's office, and we're talking to Dr. Manna about the Fox Chase Farms. Uh, I really appreciate this education uh, for our listeners. I know you've got some exciting events coming up here in the month of June. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that before we go? Sure. So on Saturday, June 3rd, we will have uh, the farm open to the community to be able to come in. The event will run from 10 until 3, and when they come in, they'll be able to see the farm uh, really in, in what we would consider to be the working aspect. Um, but we will engage the, the, the community with a petting zoo and different activities where they themselves can be making birdhouses and, and taking them home with them. Uh, all of the different activities are educational, and we, we truly, truly hope that when when our families are coming, they're leaving with just a greater appreciation for agriculture, which is our number one industry in Pennsylvania. So we're excited to be able to open the farm. We do that once a month. We open the farm to the community. Uh, June 3rd just happens to be a great time for families to come because usually it's the one of the warmer days where um, all of the babies are available, baby goats and baby chicks, every, all the babies for the community to be able to experience and get that real close-up, um, uh, just hands-on experience with. Why don't you tell our listeners how they can learn more about Fox Chase Farm? Sure. So um, the School District of Philadelphia has a website um, so if you just pop on the school district website, you just tap, uh, type in Fox Chase Farm, you'll be able to go right to uh, our webpage that will show some of the activities that will be coming up and different ways in which students are engaging at the farm. Excellent. Well, Dr. Manna, I want to thank you so much for joining us in the pastor's office today. And I will absolutely, at least for my congregation, be in touch to schedule a field trip real soon. Uh, we're excited to come there and see what, uh, what Fox Chase Farm is all about. But thanks for coming in today and talking to us. You have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Great. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. About the state that we are living in. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Faber. Yeah.
Sun.